espero que nadie se, se ofenda, pero hasta que no estás aquí dentro no sabes la grandeza de, de este equipo. Balcão da área, de Pereira Emchuque, cruzou Gilberto, que confusão vai ser o primeiro, tirou para dentro! Absolutamente fenomenal da parte de Otamendi. Vai errar, fez o lado para o gol. A Chapelola tirou para dentro. Voltava o gol do Ribatejano. É Benfica, é Benfica, é Benfica. Só nós sentimos isso. Welcome, welcome to episode 90 of Ucatini Benfiquista. Where do we go from here? Um, it's a lot to talk about here. Uh, today with me, I have Bill, I have Kenny. Boys, how are we? Been better. Pretty good. Good, but yeah, we've been better, but I feel like we've been down this road before. So today, we have a few different things to discuss. Um, we have Benfica 1, Sporting 2. Uh, it's becoming a theme here. Um, that's a fourth loss to our rivals this year. Two against Sporting, two against Porto. Um, and uh, we, at this rate, will have lost six games against our rivals this year. Um, so we uh, also will talk about transfer window. Uh, yeah, that audio is... I set it up. Don't be surprised. Uh so uh, we will talk about the transfer window or the lack thereof today. Uh, we'll talk about some movement, but not anything exciting, at least from the first team. Um, and we'll look ahead to Benfica's you'll be sent um, on Wednesday, <laughs> uh, a home game there. So we'll talk about that. We already got coach in the uh, comments saying Darwin sure, is going to West Ham. Uh, we rejected that. And he also said Benfica's like the 49ers, lots of dreams, but not enough Keep talent. chirping, buddy. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> So, as always, if you're in the comments, feel free to leave your thoughts, your feedback. Um, I'm going to put a link in the comments if you want to jump in and vent for uh, a minute or two. Uh, by all means, feel free to join us. We got another slot here available. Para a malta que nos esteja a ver em português, estejam à vontade de deixar os vossos comentários, deixar as vossas opiniões. Percebemos os três o português, por isso iremos uh, abordar as vossas questões. Uh, while you're watching, hit that share button, uh, see if we can get a few more people here in the live uh, and kind of cast that net to a few more Benfiquistas. If we can get one more follower um, every live, um, it'll increase our numbers. We're knocking on the door of 20,000 on Facebook, so we're getting closer to that raw number. Um, to kick things off today, uh, we're going to talk about Benfica 1, Sporting 2. Um, a game that I feel like was a little bit of the same 
um, for the most part. Uh, starting 11, um, I'm going to start with you, Kenny. So starting 11 in terms of that game, uh, the only difference was that Maite came in for Paul Bernardo. We played um, 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 or however you want to look at it. Blanco in the back, Lazaro on the right, Morato, Vertonghen, and Grimaldo, uh, Everton, João Mario, Weigel, Maite, Diogo Gonçalves, and Yaramchuk. Uh, a game that, again, we just lacked the ability to create anything going forward. Uh, we scored a goal on the first chance that we got, and, and being completely honest, um, we led a game that I don't think we had any business leading, but we took our chance. Um, at that point, Sporting also had, the lo- had a lot of the ball, but hadn't really created a clear-cut chance. But again, we went there once and scored, um, and then we did nothing else. Uh, so, what were, what was your take on the game, and were you surprised um, to see Maite there in the in the midfield? Yeah. So uh, another poor um, play from the team. Um, you know, disappointing um, loss again to 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 a rival in a cup. You know, in a in a, in a game for for a trophy. Um, so it was disappointing to just have another one of those type of results again, you know, back to back years, just not winning any hardware. It doesn't look like we're going to win any hardware, um, this year. So yeah. And, and what can I say? I mean, we've been talking about it week after week. I mean, the play on the field just isn't, it's not good enough. It's not what we expect. It's not what, you know, what we're used to, uh, although you, we might be starting to get used to this now for a couple, a couple of the past years, but it's not what we want to see. And I don't know, you know, what else we can say. I mean, it's, I mean, we've, we've exhausted all the arguments and who to blame and what's going on. Like it's just more of the same, the same stuff. So it's, it's just overall disappointing. I I really don't want to really get into it. I mean, there's nothing much else to say. I think the only positive, maybe we had a little bit more attitude in this game, especially in that first half, but, and it was a close game. I guess the result is still, (laughs) You know, it's a closer result, but better than the first time we went um, against Sporting. So uh, maybe that's a positive uh, to build on. But overall, I don't see how we're going to improve much more than than where we are right now. I think this is who Benfica is for the rest of the year. It's who we've been for the past couple of years. And unfortunately, that's I mean, what can what else can we expect? I mean, I don't I don't know. Without without many changes, you know, with the with the coaching staff and you know new players coming in, I just don't see the quality on this team. Do you do you think we're better off today or worse than we were uh, with JJ? I think we're worse. I think we're worse. I think the players the players kind of got what they wanted, in my opinion, and you know they haven't really performed. You would think that by now, if there was going to be a change, you would have already seen it on the field. And, you know, we're, we're waiting to see that. And, and personally, I think it's gotten worse. I mean, the play on the field is much worse than when it was with JJ. So whether you want to call it the Verissimo's change in tactics, so be it. But if the players really were um, bothered by JJ and they got what they wanted by getting rid of him, then they should be performing better on the field. And it's not, it's just not happening. I agree. And I think we saw that reaction and we've talked about it before when Rui Vitoria left and Bruno Lage came in, right? It was immediate yeah. first game, right? Yeah. And we could talk about Jean Felix came into the team regardless. Right. And for me, the thing is, and Bill, I'm going to pass the ball to you to get your thoughts. But the thing for me is this team has shown 
personality, has shown grit, has shown passion, right? I think of the PSV game, Away, right? That was a game that they had to dig deep, they had to fucking battle, and they did, right? I, I get that we set up very deep because we were down a man, but they showed that they had personality there. Um, Barcelona, we've seen games against Braga at home, Maritimo at home. Uh, we saw against Bayern Munich for 75 minutes at home until they scored and then kind of the team deflated, right? So it's not like the team do- hasn't shown it. I could see if we went the entire season and they were just flat all season. But it's like they choose when to turn it on and when to turn it off, which is the the more concerning thing to me. Um, Bill, thoughts on this game? Um, and my question to you is... Uh, did you uh do, how do you think this is going to impact us for what's to come for the season right this was really the only competition that we realistically had a chance at winning um we lose not only lose but we lose against our rival not only lose against our rival but lose against them after we were leading right so it's just like a snowball effect of just bad news um now i mean we're nine points or 12 points off of first place because porto played yesterday uh titles very unlikely uh, it would have to take a miracle um champions league i was optimistic um a month and a half ago right because of all the teams that we could have got ix is a good team but far from a psg or manchester city seeing what we've seen in the last month i, I can't help but think that we're going to get absolute like if we thought Spartan got smashed if we go into this game the way we're playing it's going to be an absolute nightmare so thoughts on thoughts on the game what Kenny said and and what you think how this impacts us I mean just to touch on what you your last point there about the Ajax tie uh, I've said it a few times in our chat kind of jokingly but the way we're going I wouldn't be surprised if they blow us out like between both legs is a double digit goal difference like it's it's sad to say but i could like the way that we're playing and the way that Ajax has been and they haven't looked like they're slowing down at all like we could easily fucking take four five six in the game um we saw it against i mean byron is one of those teams that puts goals by you quick and like you said we we kind of kept up with them for 75 minutes and then in a span of like 10 minutes, they put what was it four past us? Like shit can happen real quick. And the way yeah. we're going, I, I don't see it getting any better. Um, and for the league, I just, I'm looking at the table now. It's sad to say, but like we might have to keep an eye on Braga. Like the way we're going right now, we're six points up on him. We have a game in hand, which definitely helps, but we still have to play. Sporting in Porto in the league. So, like, <laughs> that that third place, like we were saying last week on the pod, which would be, like, a nice consolation to have, might not be guaranteed right now because we don't look good at all. And Braga um, just beat Sporting away. Yeah. So. Into this game, like, that, that first half, yes, we didn't create much, but you saw something different than what we've seen in the last four games of Verissimo, right? We saw some aggression. And I think that's what uh, Mike Day was brought in to do because when he came in against um, Boa Vista, uh, he, he came in and he looked good. He brought some physicality and control to the game. Um, 
and it took him a bit to grow into the game. But in that first half, he looked strong, physical on the ball. He controlled it well. Um, and I thought in that first half going in at halftime, I was like, all right, well, this is something different. It's not the Benfica we want. Like they're not playing the prettiest footy and they're not creating chances left and right, but it's something like they're at least out there fucking getting physical. And then the second half came. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Like it just, everything positive that you could have taken from the first half went out the, like it went into the locker room with the guys and they didn't come back out. Like, I don't know what it is, but like they put a decent half performance going and like they go into half, come back out and it's like a completely different fucking team. Like they just think, Oh, we're one up playing well defensively. We got this. And it's like, Sporting didn't change anything they were doing. They were playing the way they played in the first half. They played the exact same way in the second half. And it, it was Benfica just, they came out fucking flat and, and that was it. And once, once Sporting got that quick goal in the, at the beginning of the second half, I, I knew it was a matter of time before they, they would take the lead and, and win the game. But do you think that it's right? I guess, well, obviously we concede a goal early on in the second half after leading. Against Sporting, we concede a goal early on in the second half. Uh, do you think that's something's it's missing in the lapse. message? It's like mental lapses. And I, yeah, and I like these guys. Like these guys are professionals, right? So you would hope, like they understand. Like we've all had it ingrained in us from a young age. The first ten minutes of a game and the last ten minutes, or the first ten minutes of a half and the last ten minutes of a half, are the most important, right? I've always had that ingrained in me for every coach I've ever played for. Those were like things that you have to say, like those last 10 minutes and in, in, in a half is when you have to be like on top of your shit mentally. And it just, it just seems like this team just has these mental lapses at the worst fucking time. Cause that just deflates you. Like you come out the second half and get concede a goal, right? Right. Like within the first what, 10 minutes. It's like four minutes, five yeah. minutes. They concede that goal real quick. And then that, that, that was it. The, the, yeah, 49th minute. They scored off the yeah. corner kick. Um, Kenny, thoughts on, on what Bill touched on? Um, and then my question for you was going to be about the strikers, right? So we're not creating chances, and we had talked about this in our group chat um, about Yadamchuk, right? So Yadamchuk comes off in the second half. Gonzalo Ramos comes in. In my opinion, um, uh, Yadamchuk was on an island, right? The system that we play... I think we can all agree that unless it's a player that's mobile like Darwin, um, it's extremely difficult um, because right you're basically up there by yourself. So unless you're able to get the ball and create something on your own, it's really difficult. And Yadamchuk, from when he played, in my opinion, thought I thought that he actually helped us link up a little bit. It wasn't very often because we didn't get forward very often. But when we did, I would say out of 10 times, four or five times, he was able to, to help us, right? He won a couple aerial duels or threw his body around and helped. When Gonzalo Ramos came on, I honestly can't remember him touching the ball. And he was on the field for like 30 minutes, which to me is shocking. But do you think that it's the tactic? Do you think it's the strike? And I know that you said that Yadam Chuk hasn't shown you much. And I don't yeah. think that we can disagree with that. But do you think it's an element of the player? Do you think it's an element of just the strategy? Yeah, no, I think I think it's more the strategy. I mean, clearly, I th I think we saw the game the same way, right? Yarmchuk was definitely playing on an island by himself, and he's he's playing with his back to the net. He's trying to hold play. 
And personally, I just don't think that's his style. I think he's more of a, a poacher. He needs to be in the box. So when I see Yarmchuk in starting 11, I expect that we're going to be just like a few games back where we're just crossing the ball in left and right. And in a game like, yes, like a, a Spartan, Spartans game, I didn't see, I didn't see that we crossed the ball that, that often. So the no. game plan to me is just not, it's not syncing up. So that that's, I think the issue. And I think that's where we're lacking with the chances. There's just no opportunity. So yeah, Yarmchuk, if Yarmchuk's for me, if Yarmchuk's are forward, we have to throw balls into the box. We can't expect them to, to be receiving the ball with his back to the net and then laying it off to who? Who's he laying it off to? Joan Mati's playing around him. Does he have, like, he doesn't have the, that type of, um, that's not his play. That's not what Joan Mati's there for. So I think it's it's a lot to do with coaching. Um, you know, the sub to throw in uh, Gonzalo Ramos, I think the idea was to get more movement up top to get, um, to get him through, you know, through the, between the lines. But again, if you can't get him the ball, then it's pointless. So I feel like the whole game here, if we can't keep it, if you can't keep it long enough to be able to make the run. Yeah. First 10 minutes looked like us against Western mass pioneers. Like we literally didn't touch the ball. Like it was absolutely, it was absolutely shocking. Like Mefica looked like they had no understanding of how to play out from pressure in the back. Absolutely. Like one pass wide, one back to the center back, dump it. All right, restart. We we and it's not it's not that I mean Spartan was pressing high, right? But it's not it's not that like we couldn't get out of there. All we have to do is find that long pass, correct, or or find that outlet pass, and we we just haven't been well, able to couldn't. do that. We haven't been able to do that for a while. I mean, we correct. just don't see the creativity, the the quality in player to be able to do that. And I know our buddy Oscar, you know, he wants to see PZ in there. PZ's the one on the team to be able to do that. And and at this, I mean, I, I don't disagree with them because I. I agree. But that just speaks volumes as to the lack of right. quality on the team. If PZ is the only player that is able to do that, then what are we doing? I mean, what what's what's this team really made of? So, um, yeah, I think offensively we have a poor combination, a poor um, – there's, there's just no uh, cohesion up top to be able to create chances. Um, I don't know what the stats ended up looking like, but I didn't – I mean, I didn't see any dangerous plays that we had outside the goal. And – you know, it, it, we, I've been noted. I mean, we've noticed that for quite some time now. I mean, it's just not, it's not good enough. I mean, there's, there's nothing else to say. There's, it's just not good enough. It's not going to get any better um, without different players uh, coming onto the team. Yeah, I agree. And we had two shots on target. You see the stats here. Um, it was the goal. And I think there was a shot at the end, which like dribbled um, to Adan, which he, it, you know, he could have yeah. laid down and stopped it with his face. It, it went so slow. Um, again, it's it's really just look at bad. That. That's awful. I mean, just look at that. Correct. And the thing that's the thing that's more frustrating, and, and I want to touch on some of the comments here that people are leaving us. So thank you for joining the conversation. And again, feel free to leave us your thoughts. Neil Fernandez says, you know, if we lose six to one to Ajax on aggregate, what would be the score if we drew a City or Bayern? I'll I mean, we played Bayern, Bayern in the group stage, right? So. Uh, who the hell knows? And Joey makes a comment here that I flagged, but I want to go back to it. Um, Tell Mudia says, you know, let's prepare for next season um, on top of the Champions League pre-elimination. Uh, that's if we can hold on to it. The way we're playing, I'm not really confident that we can hold on to it, to be honest with you. We yeah. still have to go to Braga. Um, Jonathan, uh, Sporting fan, says last season and this season, the team has played the same, no urgency, and looks disinterested in the second half. Um, I wouldn't even say just the second half, I would say 
in in a lot of the games as a whole. I mean, you look at the yeah. Aroka game, right? I mean, it would just completely look lethargic. Um, Neil Fernandez says, Yadimchuk's a poacher who needs service. He's not going to score if he doesn't get the ball. Absolutely, right? Him coming in between lines and, and laying the ball off, great. Mm-hmm. But who's going to be in the scoring zone to put the ball in the back of the net, right? Like, he's not going to get there fast enough, right? Like, you need him. He needs to play with someone that can do that function and he can hang out around the box and put the ball in the net. He's like, um, a, those he, needs, he, Chuck he needs like his like Lima to be doing the work Correct. around him. He, he's got to be, it's got to be a 4 4 2 system with him. Correct. He needs a partner up top. It cannot just yep. be him. Correct. It can't be him by himself. Uh, Evil Pino says, Yadam Chuk's one of our best players, but is being misused in this tactic. I agree. I think out and out yes. striker. In my opinion, he is the best all-around striker that we have. He has pace, which I was surprised that we saw against um, Bayern Munich at home when he beat uh, that French defender. I can't remember what his name, but beat him from midfield in a, in a race, in a foot race. He's got strength. He could play in the air. His feet aren't that bad. Um, but again, I, I think we all agree that him playing by himself is basically useless. Yeah. Especially the way Benfica's playing, where we don't have much of the ball. We're giving the opponent the ball, right? Makes it even worse. If you're a team that plays with a lot of possession, you're always in the final third. Fine, right? Because he doesn't have to de- he doesn't have to drop as much. It's extremely difficult when you don't have the ball. Um, Talmud says, I don't understand how PZ has no place in this 11. Um, Kenny, I'm going to give you that question. I was going to give you another one, but I'm going to give you that question. Given what we've seen lately, the way Benfica's playing, and I've heard it a lot. People have said it on TV. I've, I've seen it on social media. Uh, the, the questioning of how PZ doesn't have a spot in this team, uh, at least from the start. Yeah. Are you starting to see it a little bit more given the output of some of the others? Or do you still stand by what we had, I think, all unanimously agreed on except Oscar? No, I think, you know, I, I don't want to say. I mean, personally, PZ to me is not a, a, a player to start anymore. Okay, but because of how much we are lacking on the field, I feel like either he's 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 got to have more minutes. I mean, he cannot be coming in at 85, 85th minute when we're down. Yeah, okay, useless. And we're and we're looking, yeah, and we're looking, you know, to to change the result. That's just no time for him. I think he either starts the game and he's gonna come off early because he just I don't think he can you know withstand the whole ninety minutes. Or he's got to come in early in the 60th minute of, of, a, of a game like this would have been fine in the 60th minute. I think he would have given us more, um, you know, more, more threats into the box. Um, so, but it, but, but to me, that just shows how bad of a team we are, that that's, that is our only player that's, that's able to do that function on the team. And, and that's, that's a huge red flag for me. I agree. Bill. I mean, give with it. Go ahead just not on this PZ thing, just given where the team is, like you're looking for some kind of spark, anything yep. that's going to give you just a little bit. And like, given where we are, he's fucking tried a, a young kid given uh, Paulo Bernardo the, the run at in the midfield. Hasn't worked. Clearly hasn't worked. Like, I, I just don't see how PZ hasn't had a shot yet. Just to get to see if that's going to give us a fucking spark. Like, that's what we're looking for right now, right? Like that's that's what kind of saved our season with when Lige took over, right? John Felix came in and gave us that fucking spark right off the bat and catapulted us to the league. I think the league's out of our reach at this point, but I think we're looking for anything to to 
at least hold on to this the third place and maybe second but most likely hold on to third in, in my opinion i think you got to give pz a start at least switch something button. up yes yeah, yeah like up. just change it up like just and i'm anything not against at this point and i'm not against paulo bernardo right like i like he i mean yeah he's he's been given some opportunities but you know not i don't think just enough yet right like if if that's the plan then stick to it you know stop stop moving it around like i guess this was a you know it is a fine it was a final so i don't know why you would have not put your best team forward if you're gonna give the kid a shot then just stick with it through the rest of the year i mean unless it completely falls apart right but at least let him get some consistency game after game after game to see if we do have something there and if not then fine but i i would still think that pz pz warrants like coming in in the 60th 70th minute not at the tail end of the game where what do, you, what do you expect him to do when like everyone else is pretty much defeated on the field and PZ's coming in trying to change the result and no one else is with them because it, it really does feel I mean look at the end of that game we're down and we're I mean again it just goes to show where we how many how many chances did we get towards the end of that game I I can't I can barely remember a legit I remember the goal like apart right. from that I don't remember like clear-cut chances Exactly. That's so second, like, it that just second shot on goal, I don't remember. The, the, I remember it was a dribbler now. at the end. I'm trying to think back what that second shot on goal would have been. And I can't. It was some, I forgot who it was, shot it and like hit someone. And literally it rolled so, like it almost wasn't even moving. That's how slow it went to the goalie. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Bill, thoughts on um, the substitutions, right? And this kind of goes along the lines of, of Joey's comment here, which is um, it's a new coach. It isn't going to be overnight. I'm assuming in terms of changes, um, right. It's not overnight, right. We're, we're now five, six games in, right. He started. And again, I'm, I'm giving him a discount here cause I'm not counting the game against Porto. Right. So we beat Pasferreira 2-0. We tied Muret in one one We beat Aroca 2-0. We beat Boavista in penalties and we lost to Sporting. Right. So since he's taken over again, I'm going to take the Porto game out. He's one, two drawn two, lost one. Um, and the two draws is the one, one of them is against Bovista because it was a draw and we ended up winning in penalty. So two, two and one, realistically, he's got two losses, uh, two wins and two draws. <laughs> but again, like we've talked about, the, the football itself on the pitch is atrocious. There's nothing positive about it. Um, but it also seems like, I feel like we used to crucify JJ a lot for his recently in terms of his substitutions, like he would kill the momentum of the team. There were times that the team was playing well and then he killed the momentum of the team. And and Nelson Verissimo seems to do the same thing. And it also seems like we have five substitutions at our disposal. And it's almost like he's married to, to the fact that he has to use all five of those. Like they're there at your disposal if you have to make the change, but you don't have to make, five substitutions every game. Like I feel like it's just like, all right, I got five. I'm going to use them all. Right. I'm just going to unload them all. Even if it makes no sense, I'm just going to throw them in there. And it seems like every time he makes a change, it kills the team. Because in my opinion, I thought that even though Benfica conceded the goal early in the second half, I was surprised how they reacted. They still kept the ball for the most part. Sporting gave Benfica the ball after that, trying to look on the counter and play into to behind their back line, which is how they scored the second goal. Um, but the team didn't seem to to really rattle as I would have expected them to. 
but then he starts making changes and it like completely just falls apart. Like there was no benefit to the changes he made. I think back to the Porto game again, he wasn't on the bench, right? But I'm assuming those, or he was on the bench. Um, I was thinking JJ was on the bench. He was on the bench. We come in two to one or two zero. We score the goal right away in the beginning of the second half. He makes changes, completely derails the team, right? Where we all said they were playing well, yeah. right? So again, kills the momentum. So Joey says it's, it's a new coach. It's not going to happen overnight. But from what we've seen, and again, this is second phase. Again, unfortunately, difficult circumstances for him because the two times he's taken over the main team have been in very difficult circumstances. Um, but for me, this shows me that just reading the game and making decisions on the fly is something that he still lacks, which at this level, like you can't make those mistakes. And I think we've witnessed it, unfortunately, in the last month. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's a new coach to the A team, not a new coach. Like this guy's been managing at one level or another for years. Like reading the game is something like you sh- he should have at this point. Like he should be able to understand like the situation in the game and like what moves should be made and when they should be made. And I and it's not just this 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 sporting game where we question some of the subs. There's been a few other games where he's made changes and you kind of scratch your head to like, why, why are we making this change at this point? Um, and yeah, I, I think he. I don't know if it's like a, a B team thing where he like tries to get everyone like as many players on the field as possible because he does. Looking back, like he does use up. Most times he uses up all the subs. And like I take this game out of it, it's a final. At the end, you're just gonna throw as many forwards on the field as you can, and hope for a miracle. But you don't have to keep making all your fucking changes. Like if the game calls for it, yeah, make a change or two. You don't have to make five. And like for the most part, that's five subs coming in in the second half. Like that's a lot of right. fucking changes in like a just, twenty minute time frame. Yeah, it throws your team. Like it, it takes. A it sub, unbalances everything. Yeah, like a sub, for the most part, like it's hard for a sub to come in and have an impact in the game. It takes them a little bit to grow into a game. And when you're making five subs, like you're not giving any of the, t- no one on the team the time to adjust to that new player on the field. And with five of them, like it just fucking throws everything into a fucking, into whack. To, his, to his defense, to his defense, I mean, we haven't played that well. Personally, I don't think we've played that well where it's like, all right, let's not make any any changes. I think he's just try, he's trying to feel out different – different. Um, ta- I don't know, not tactics, but like just different positions to see where, where guys fit. I, I understand what you guys are saying, but it also doesn't help that the quality off the bench Correct. is just as bad as what's on the – But then he – and this brings up a point here, right? Where Juninho says, someone please explain the reasoning why he took off Diogo Gonçalves and puts in Gil Diaz when we are tied 1-1. Why another defender, not to mention Morato, is like limping. So there's a couple aspects here, and I'll, I'll pass this one to you, Kenny, is, uh, again, reading the game, right? Sporting plays the same way every time. They bring a player from the front, they bring him wide, and a, and a midfielder, normally Pato Sarabia, appear in between the outside back and the center back. It happened constantly. How many times did Spartan get to the end line? Constantly. Every single time they got there. The inability to read that and make the adjustment during the game, for me, is absolutely shocking. Against Boavista, same thing. Lazaro was getting torched by Kenji Gore. He was unable to make the adjustment. And then Lazaro, in this game, 
looked much better, right? Because there was a little bit more organization there, right? But the inability to read those those situations, he takes off Diogo, who I thought wasn't good. I don't think he was good against Boavista. Um, I'm not bothered by Diogo coming off. What I'm bothered by is you bring in a Gilles Diaz, who's left-footed. Uh, he's normally an outside midi. He played in a, as a wing-back on Family Count, but he can play both positions. You put Gildia is on the left. You bring Everton on the right, where Everton has shown that he's not as influential on the right. So essentially there you kill off his yeah. capacity, which, again, I thought Everton was one of our better players um, in the grand scheme of things. Right. So not only do you kill off Everton now, you put in a Gildias on the left when on your bench you have Paulo Bernardo, who's played on that right side before you have PZ who has played on that right side before. And instead you choose to bring on Gilles Diaz. That is the thing that absolutely blows my mind that th- of all those decisions, that's the one that you took. Like, is that not concerning? Yeah, no, it, it is. It is. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, I guess, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, it's not ideal, but like you said, I mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree with, like you said, taking off, uh, Gonzalez, because I, I also agree that he wasn't having the best game and he needed to change something. Um, immediately, you know, at that point in the game, you needed to change something. It wasn't the best sub, but then again, understand that there's there's not that many options on the bench. I know we have, you know, it's the PZ and 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 uh, who else was it that you said? Oh, Paulo Bernardo, but those you, are, had, you had those are made their... a, uh, Enrique Araujo, Paulo Bernardo, Gil Dias, Ferro, Elton Leite, PZ, Gonçalo Ramos, Tarap, and not to mention that Radonic and Gilberto were called, but they sat in the bench. They didn't, or they sat in the in the stands. They didn't get called to the bench. Yeah. So, so you left two players who are a little bit more experienced, especially Gilberto, um, and Radonic, who hasn't played much, but he's shown some sort of. Uh, he's, more, he's more of a dynamic player. Yeah, correct. Sure. Right. And then your option of the ones you have, I think there are at least two other options that are more viable I than agree. the shield. Is. I, right? I agree. I agree. And that's the I thing mean, that's questioning or concerning. Yeah. Look, it's, it's, I mean, it's not pretty dude. It's, it, it's <laughs> all around. It's, it's just dysfunctional. It's, it's a mess. It's hard to, you know, point your, you know, point a finger on something. I think that it's a combination of a ton of things. Um, you know, we'll probably get into it. I, I didn't like Vidisimu's, you know, posture and what he said at the end of the game. You know, I think I think he's a man that's, you know, based on what he was saying, um, it just seems like a guy that's just he knows he's there till the end of the season and that's it. And he's just riding. He's just trying to survive at this time at this point in time and do the best that he can. And then his days are numbered. So and I feel like the players are, you know, got the similar uh, sentiment from the players too. I think they're just there to kind of wait out the season. Um, and they're probably talking, I, we ta- I joked about this on our group <laughs> chat, right? They're probably talking to their agents like, Hey, figure out what the next move is. Cause, uh, at the end of the season, you know, we're, we're not staying around. Yeah. And I, and it's good segue into that. And I want to bring up the comments that, uh, mentor has made after the game. Um, can you guys hear that? Yeah. Yeah. 
E estes jogadores são grandes? Para alguns que estão ali não. Esta é a minha opinião. Obrigado. Obrigado, Pedro. Pedro right, Mateus. so so he says, you know, alguns destes jogadores não são grandes, right? So, you know, and Kenny, you had we had gone back and forth on it in our group chat about, you know, some players might not be checked in to the rest of the season, which again, it's a very good possibility. I can't convince myself of that because right, even if these guys want to move away, right, they need to show some sort of commitment, right? Because as we saw in this January transfer window, uh, Benfica had a very difficult time of placing some of these guys that they would have liked to get rid of, yeah. right? So yeah. if you're just hanging around and fucking around and not making any interest, right, it's going to be even more difficult for you to go somewhere else. Um, but what do you take of these of these remarks coming from a player who's been at Benfica, who played at Benfica, um, who had been part of the club during some of their difficult times in the early 2000s. Um, and after watching this final, um, he has these comments to make. And I think, again, I think it touches it also on the, I think it goes a little bit into the manager's posture as well in terms of, is he able to motivate them as well? Kenny, I'll start with you. Yeah, no, uh, I applaud. I applaud what Mentora said. I, I completely agree with him. Um, but I also, I also understand that this is from a fan's perspective, right? And, you know, Mentores was an ex-player, and but he's he also, he's been there. He knows that. And the times were different back then. I mean, at the end of the day, we're in a different era in football where money talks and a lot of players play for the money and not for the, you know, the name on the name on the back versus the name on the front. So um, I understand that. But you still see it with, you know, when I, when I watch Porto, when I watch Spartan, like, I think what's what's missing on Benfica's team is a u like a unity of the players, not necessarily like playing for the team, but playing for each other. And this, you know, I see it on Spartan, I see it on Porto. We do not play. We, I just don't personally think we play for each other. Okay, and if if you're not playing for the team, and you're not playing for each other, then what the you know what are we, what are we, what are you doing there? You're just there to collect your paycheck and move on to greener pastures at the end of the season, in my opinion. So. That is the biggest thing that's missing on this team. Um, and unfortunately, it's not going to, I mean, it's not going to change without a, a huge over, overhaul in the locker room. Bill, thoughts on that? Do you agree? Oh, 100%. I mean, I had seen that. Um, I saw him make those comments live. Um, and I was like, this, perfect, this sums up this squad perfectly. Like, you just, there's, there's some players on here that, they they're decent players they just like they just don't have that that drive like like kenny was saying like we see with porto and and Spartan, when they're down they're fucking clawing until the end and when benfica gets down it's like game over down like it just it's down yeah it's over <laughs> like you just don't see you don't see that fight and you don't you get that when you're when when it's a team right like when everyone's in it together and everyone's fighting together that's when you see it and you don't see that at benfica so there's clearly something going on in, in, in the locker room where there's clicks or, or, or stuff going on where it's not a, a unit, right? Like, I mean, it, it's frustrating. And like you said, when Torres was there during the bad times, like he wasn't there when we, you know, went on a run of four campeonatos in a row. Like he was there through the dark times and, and before we had all the Seychelles and all this luxuries, like, well, he was there with Seychelles, but he was, I think it just, 
he won the title. The he won the title in 2004, yeah. 2005, but he was already like on his last legs. Right, right. Uh, Joanna, uh, you makes a good comment here. You know when they force you to go to those BS events at work uh, to look like or to like to get to know everyone and make those connections. Building. They need to, what, so what are they? What is it called? Speed dating, where you like have a clock and you just move your way down the table. Yeah. I think they need to do that to say, "Shell, just have all the player like, hey, hi, I'm." Paulo Bernardo, nice to meet you. This is my favorite <laughs> position. This is what I yeah. like. Maybe they need some of that, some team bonding events it's to uh, to make it work. Uh, but I'm not sure uh, how they're going to make it work. Uh, quickly to close this out, um, Talmo made a comment. Uh, the president gave up uh, in December. What else can I say? Do you think that... Um, Bill, I'm going to start with you. And Kenny had made a comment earlier. I think it was in our chat that you know he was... He preferred to stick with Nelson Verissimo until the end. And I'm going to ask him next if he still feels that this is his opinion, seeing what he's seen. Um, Bill, do you think that we threw the towel in with the decisions that were made way too early? So this, is a, this is a tough one. Like They got rid of JJ. Just like looking at managers that were available – there's like who who was out there that there was quite a few there was quite a few that you'd want at Benfica right now. like without having to because I don't think Benfica is going to pay release clauses to get a manager off of but not many managers have team. release clauses right like at the end of the day um the way I look at it and I guess sorry for hijacking your response but the way I look at it is this is what I would have liked to see is okay Nelson Vidisu come in for a couple of games just hold things over um and we're going to start working things in the background, right? Go get a manager who is someone that you want to fit your project, right? And what you say is, listen, we would like to have you now, but there's no expectation for you in this season, right? We're currently in, in X, Y, and Z, right? We know it's a difficult situation. We know it's not your team, right? But this is what our plan is. This is what we want to do, right? Do you align with our project? And, and if we're able to achieve something better than these minimums, great. Right. But there's no requirement to you for you to go to the next phase of the Champions League. Right. Against I to beat Ajax. Right. It would be nice if we could win the, the Tasa de Liga. But we know, again, that this isn't your team. But it gives you that time between now and the end of the season to figure out who you have to work with those players and figure out in the summer who stays, who goes, because we know that they already fit your system. You're familiar with them. They understand your working methods. And instead, we're not doing that. And it just worries me that we're spending all this time with Nelson Verissimo. We're burning off some of these players and their interest. And come June, we're basically going to be back to square one, which is here's a new manager. Here's his new strategy. How do you think it fits? Do you like him? Do you like that's the thing that drives me absolutely? Not. I, I know it's difficult to go get a manager in the middle of the season. I know that, especially given the pressure that they have walking in, given the fact that we haven't won a title in two years. But if anything, I think this is worse of waiting till the end of the season. Bill, I'll pass the ball back to you. I apologize for hijacking your response, but no, dude, it, it absolutely I, no, blows my I, mind. And I agree. I just think that I, like you said, like it's, it's not easy to find a manager in the middle of the season. And like Everton, like Everton and EPL got rid of their manager and, 
have but do you think you, do you think if Benfica went and knocked on the door of Leonardo Jardim, who's in Saudi Arabia, right? If he fits their system and said, "Hey, listen, we want you to come back to Portugal. This is our plan. This is our structure. You know, does align with you." Do you think if Benfica went to River Plate and said, "Hey, Marcelo Gallardo, this is what we'll offer you. <laughs> this is our plan. This is how it aligns with what we think you can do." Do you think if they went to uh, Paulo Fonseca, right? I'm not saying that these are guys that I want that, I, right. uh, but what I'm saying is if, if they went and said, listen, you got no pressure this season, go in, establish, uh, 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 you know, cohesion within the team, establish relationships, figure out who you have and who you don't have, who do you need? Who do you not need? And let's plan for next year, six year, six months in advance. That's what I would have liked to see again. Sorry for cutting you off. <laughs> I, but I, so even if they had done that, I still think, we're probably in the same boat we're at right now. But I think we're better suited for next year. I, I agree. In the long term, I think that that is probably the better play. But I I do think we're, we're, we'd be sitting in the same situation we are right now. I, I just think the players we have and the, the squad that was built was built with like one formation in mind. And there's no like deviating from that because we've seen in these last four games that this 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 or however you want to work it doesn't really work because the team was essentially built to play the three five the that three five two or three four three four three or whatever however you want to look at it um but i agree in the long term it probably would have been better to bring in a manager that you would want to keep here for more than just the six months Here's, and I here's, think bringing, keeping, sorry, Kenny, you no, off, go ahead. Keeping, keeping Verissimo was essentially you're, and saying what he, what, uh, Ricosta said, uh, a few weeks ago, like the plan is to keep him until the end of the year and then we'll reevaluate. You're essentially making him a lean duck coach. Like you're yes. telling him, like, yeah, you're not, you're not the plan for the future. We're just using you to but kind the of worst- fill the gap. But the worst part is they take him from the B team who was doing well and they replace him with Tony's son. So when Nelson Verissimo leaves at the end of the year, he's not going back to the B team. No. Right. So he's, you would, you would imagine that this go. conversation was had, right? Like, listen, when you, if you leave, right, if you don't end up staying, I'm assuming you have something else lined up because they said he turned away deals to coach teams in the first division because there was already a plan in the works of him potentially replacing JJ if that decision was made. So the whole situation just completely ties me in knots. Kenny, I'll pass it to you, and I promise you I'll do my fit, my best not to interrupt you. <laughs> no, no, no. You you can certainly interrupt me because, I mean, I I agree. So it's not a it's not an easy um, it's not an easy thing to look at, right? There's I think there's a ton of different variables, right? So. One thing with Verissimo is he's already he already came in as an interim coach, right? Um, so is it easy again, or would it be easy for him to accept an interim role again this season? I think I think when the conversation was had with him, I think the conversation probably was for an interim position, but he probably could have pushed back and said, "Well, I already did this interim thing. Like, why don't you give me like I either want a shot or I'm not doing it." And I think at that point. You know, this is all hypothetical, right? But personally, I wouldn't want to just be the interim coach every time something goes bad. I got to go right. in and, and and just ride out, you know, ride out for a couple of games and let someone else take my my position. I want a shot at, at a, a top level head coaching position. So that could be one variable. 
I do agree with who is is it Telmo that that brought the the question up. I agree with Telmo. The president, one hundred percent. And this is this. I've now I have now two reasons to criticize Rui Costa. And he is oh, hey, let's hear it. This is, he is this, my, is, this he snippet's is my, going on TikTok. Let's hear it. Yeah. So this he is my all time favorite player. I have so much admiration for Rui Costa, but he is not, in my opinion, made the right decisions with the um, the departure of Jarzuz and how he handles how he handled the second half of this season. So I do believe that by putting Verissimo in charge for the rest of the season, he pretty much gave up on the season because there is no plan. He might want he might say, well, there there is a plan. The plan is Verissimo until the end of the season. But that's that's just an easy way out. Like like Bill said, he's the lame duck coach that at the end of the year, if things ride well, well, he's the, he was the next Lodge. If things ride well, uh, go bad, well, he's an easy person to just dismiss. He was just, you know, he was just a replacement. So I don't agree with that because in reality, that is not a plan. That is not a long-term plan. That's just a Band-Aid on the problem, okay? The big problem is in that locker room. And that is the second, you know, that's one of, that's the other thing that he messed up on is he entitled those players to run that locker room, not the head coach. And that's what that, so that's two things and I, I'm sorry, I'm like repeating myself, but those are the two things that I disagree with how he, he has um, uh, made those decisions. Um, now I agree, like I semi agree with you with like, he should have brought in a coach from outside or someone to finish off the season and get prepared for the next season. But let's just say, instead of looking completely embarrassing, like you do right now, maybe you just look a little bit embarrassing. You still don't hit any of any of the goals. Is it easy for Rui Costa not to get criticized and to hold him for the upcoming season? Or is he then criticized again? He's like, well, it didn't work with him. Why would you stick around with him for another season? Start over and start fresh again with someone else. So instead of making two head coach uh, decisions in a matter of, you know, six, seven months, this way, put in Verissimo. If he, if, if he pans out, he pans out. If not, it's, he's easily out. And now I can start, you know, a fresh chapter with, the, with, with this club and move forward from everything else that's been in the past because George Zuz was not my pick. Verissimo was really not my pick. He was just a Band-Aid. Now, now I can start fresh. But like you said, it, it might be too late. Right. You want hopefully behind the scenes, he is working on on something. That's what I'm hopeful of. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully behind the scenes. But what we will only find out later down right. the road. But yeah, I mean, it's I think this whole thing has been mismanaged um, from a from a player level to a, you know, a, a coaching level all the way up to the top. It's just not it's messy. It really is. But would you rather be in this situation that we are today with the manager that you know is going to be our manager next year? I would. But how, how you, much? But do you think it? Do you think so? Think about the fans. Yeah. If Look at they bring a manager in. Yeah. Right. Jardin. Say they bring him in. Yeah. And shit is as bad as it is right Correct. now. Correct. I do think, think the, at the end of the season. I think he has more like, leeway. Well, we'll 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 see what he has mm -hmm. going in. I, I don't think, think nope. so. I think the I way shit is gone. I think Benfica should be like get this fucking guy. I think by the end of the the end of the season, they'd be waving the white flags at the side of the lose too. I don't. This is my take on it. And those of you guys that are listening in, feel free to give us your thoughts as well. My take on it is, if Benfica said 
in December when they got rid of George Jesus, if they said, listen, we've defined a manager who we're going to sign for a year and a half, two years, you know, and we are going, to, he aligns with our project. We've proposed the project. This is what our plan. It's to have some experience and, and mix in some Seychelles. We want short rosters so we can bring in the youth and, and implement them. The, the manager aligns with our vision. We've sat down, had the conversation. He's going to take over now. I think that if, if they did that and explained that, I think that the fans would be more accepting if things didn't start off well because this isn't his team. What I think is happening is people are frustrated, and rightfully so, and I'm one of them, that Nelson Verissimo is 100% an interim manager as much as Rui Costa doesn't want to admit it, right? Out of respect and fine. But he's struggling equally with the team that's not his. Plus, this is a guy that took over in another difficult situation when Bruno Lage left and didn't ha- didn't get a reaction, right? So this isn't just the first time, it's the second time. And again, he's been put in a situation that is extremely difficult for any manager to take over, right? But he was the chosen one, right? And, and I think that, I, in my personal opinion, I think fans would be more accepting, at least I can speak for myself, that if we had a manager, I would be more accepting of the fact that, yes, the season has gone to shit. But this manager has a lot of time to to figure out, you know, who he's got and who he can count on and who he can't count on. Now, my hope is that, like you said, Kenny, is in the background, a guy that's been around the game for so long, has the connections and has the understanding about the sport. My only hope is hinging on the fact that Rui Costa has a plan going on in the background, has someone selected and is working on these conversations now to say, listen, this is our plan. You're going to be our coach, right? Based on what you see, who do you think you can count on? Who do you think you you can't count on? And we'll make movements in the summer based on the analysis that we do between now and then. Because if that plan isn't happening, we're going to get to May. And right now we're going to be searching for a manager, right? And then you have to figure out who goes, who comes, right? The manager doesn't have that much time. If we finish third, we have to go into the qualification for the Champions League, right? So we start the season early again, right? So that whole thing condenses the time that you have to figure all this out and it becomes a shit show again. And then it's a roll of the dice, right? Is next season lost already? That's the question. And that's the thing that pisses me off. Anything else that you guys would like to add on that? I'll I'll just add that. I think I think it was it would have been hard to bring in maybe the guy that he wanted to bring in in the, as fast as possible to, to the situation. That's like, there wouldn't be a lot of coaches that would accept the Benfica job right now with, with the squad that's here, even with a long-term vision, right? You even don't think with, so? I, I think so. I think so because it hurts their image as a coach. Imagine you go, you get, you get, you get completely thrashed by Ajax. You can't beat Porto. You can't beat Spartan. You don't win a trophy. Maybe you look a little bit better than you do right now, but you still look pretty miserable because these players are just not committed to this team. And, and again, I still think it's, it, it wouldn't, personally, I wouldn't think badly on the coach. Like, I don't think it's all Verissimo's fault. I think a lot of it has to do with the players, but I feel like, like we needed someone to come in quickly and Verissimo probably only wanted to accept the job if they actually gave him a legit chance at it and to ride out the rest of the season. And to be able to get someone quickly onto the team it was gonna that that committed to to the you know the situation that we're in, it would have been difficult. Might have not been his number one choice, maybe a, an option B or an option C. And then at the end of the year, I, I think a lot of coaches do have pride in in you know how you know their their re- overall record and how they come off. Like 
it would have been a huge hit if 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 like a Gallardo came in and he looked just like this. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't have looked good on him. And he, you know, that maybe with time, right? Maybe building something behind the scenes, having a, a longer plan. Um, it's 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 better. I mean, I, I get it. It's going to be a short season, right? You're going to probably have to qualify for Champions League again. But I think it's it's, it's just better start. to. It's better for Rui Costa and the new coach to be like, our era starts now. All this other stuff was the previous administration. That was JJ was um, Luis Liviedas pick. Verissimo was just a band-aid to finish off that miserable mess that was there. My era starts now with this coach. This is this is the next five years. And I think that that might give him, you know, it might look better for him. Uh, next season starts earlier now. The World Cup because of the World Cup in December correct. or whatever. It's correct. So um, yeah, even shorter season. Right. So right. Evo makes a good point here. Sorry, Bill. Is when Ruben Amorim joined Sporting, like they finished below Braga, where he came from. <laughs> right. But the plan was listen, you come in and build the philosophy and build the foundation here. Who cares about how this year finishes? Just fucking fix it. And they conceded some very bad goals. They continued to play out of the back, even though they didn't have the, the players to do it. And look what he's done, right? And again, these are situations that don't happen very often, right? You're not going to get a Bruno Lodge situation every time, right? And I think in some ways, I think that may have been them rolling the dice on Nelson Verissimo and hoping that it panned out that way, right? It's not always going to happen this way, but I think that's a good example, right? Is they brought in Ruben and Marine with, listen, don't worry about this year. Do what you can this year. Let's start thinking about next year, right? And I think that was a good example, right? I, also, up- I also think doing that is easier when you haven't won a title or anything in 20 years. Like, no, I'm not trying to shit on Sporting, but, like, when you I haven't won, and, like, Benfica, the expectation now, like, we have just come off of all these titles. We haven't won in a year. Like, we haven't won in a few years. We have to get back to winning. Correct, but Sporting, Sporting also won forever. But like Sporting just, paid fifteen million just to get this guy I, away from Braga. I well, that's, <laughs> and I agree. Well, that's why they're going to give him the time to to develop. Correct, but there was more the for team. me. There's more pressure. They just paid fifteen million just to get the guy away from the other club. On top yeah, but if of you pay contract, fifteen million, you're not going to sack him after. And and Benfica should pay the thirty million to take him from Sporting. No <laughs> chance he comes <laughs> to Benfica. But again, I, 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 at this point, I don't give a shit about the money. How much in debt we have to be in, like. Dude, get, sell the like, naming rights to the stadium. We're, we're too season. concerned about making money off players in, instead of just taking losses. Dude, take your losses, get rid of the the like the, the bad apples on the team, and the same goes for the coach. I don't care. Like, if he was, if Ruben Amorim, I know, I know he doesn't. Right? He says he's perfectly fine at Sporting, and he doesn't, he does not want to move and whatever. But if I ever heard him saying that he would be interested. I would, I would pay forty five. I would I pay. Mean, obviously, 50. he wouldn't say it outright, but I'd be surprised if Benfica came knocking. If they could, that he wouldn't. But I'm also, I would also be surprised if there was no anti Portuguese club clause in his contract. It wouldn't surprise me. Wasn't uh, there something like that with a player or something? That. And we were, yeah, we found a way around it with the players. Yeah, I don't know how it pertains to the coaches, um, but I wouldn't be surprised. Just get Again, the lawyers on it; they'll figure it out. Dude. I, I still remain with the opinion that if Ruben Amorim ever comes to Benfica, it won't be within the next four or five years. I know we like to have wishful thinking, but I don't see it happening. Um, to close this off, who is your MVP of this game? Kenny, I'll start with you. 
Uh, I would say, I mean, Everton, I, you know, he had a, he had a nice goal. Um, you know, I, even, even, uh, I did see, you know, for Tongan didn't have the greatest game, but I liked the fight that he had. Right. I, I think he, was he the captain by the way? Yeah. Was he the captain on the field? Yeah. Yep. He, um, he did show some fight, you know, he got in the face of some players, uh, you know, some sparking players in, in, in the face of the ref. So I liked seeing that from him because we don't we don't get to see that a lot from a lot of the players right so um again that's that's attitude right we've been asking just just let's get the attitude back on this team so that was probably you know that was nice to see but um i did like everton's goal i actually thought it was a nice move and he hit it lefty which is not you know he always goes to his right so it was nice to see um him have another decent game bill no, I, I agree with, I think, I mean, every, you look at it, you'd say everything just because he got the goal. But um, I think for Tongan, I think set the tone um, in that first half. And I thought he played very well. Um, I mean, even the goals we conceded, I don't, I don't think any of them were on him. I mean, the 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 second, the first goal came the off a corner. Goals, the, second... the two goals are Morato's fault. They're yeah, both on yeah. his side. Which I think goes to show that he can't play on the right side of a two back or four back. Yeah, he's left footed. He's used to playing. Yeah, I thought, I thought Vertonghen played played well, and like Kenny said, like you, you typically don't see that fiery side of Vertonghen, and it might be, I have never watched a lot of Tottenham games, so I don't know if he ever did that before, but it might be just because we have Altamendi's typically there, and he's typically the one doing that, and you don't need both center backs to be fired up jumping into Listen, everything the more but, leaders the better i mean at this point fuck it bash brothers I'll yeah, he was, them both. Fuck it. i mean the team was pretty disappointed at the end of the game but i i noticed the camera was mostly on vertagen at the end of that yeah. match and he was he was head down pretty disappointed so you know it, at least it, it means something to them you know that's he said I mean, he came that, that's what it looks like he said he came to benfica to win titles yikes yeah. <laughs> two years without one um tell me says we're talking yeah true. earlier spuds didn't win very much he's never won anything <laughs> at spuds so Vertonghen and grimaldo for telmo joanina says we're as well i agree i thought i thought again um for me since jj left everton seems to have improved game over game again he's still not the everton from that copa america with brazil um, but he's shown a hell of a lot more than he did with JJ. Um, he's he needs got to be less, on that left. Less defensive Next. responsibilities, uh, which is I think is giving him a little bit more freedom, a little bit less pressure. Um, I thought Vertonghen was outstanding. Um, he he covered two or three times, you know, last ditch tackles. Um, Lazaro had a couple moments where he came across and and cut a couple balls that came across yeah. the box. Um, Again, he had a couple of mental lapses throughout the game. I thought Morata was not very good. Both goals for me are his fault. The corner kick, he's standing and watching, reacts, reacts way too late. And then their second goal is a ball played over his head. Um, again, just a lack of awareness. Um, you can put that on Lazaro as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I think for me, it shows that Morata can't play on the right side of a two center back system. He has to play on the left and the left only. And if he can't play on the left, then someone else needs to go in there. I know that we didn't have Otamendi available. You have Julian Weigel that's played as a center back. Again, the likelihood of you putting a midfielder there and having a center back on the bench, unlikely. But I think he showed that we can't really count on him, at least in a big game um, on the right side of a a four back line. Um, Moving forward here, uh, transfer deadline day closed today. 
um, Benfica signed one person, a 19-year-old or 18-year-old from Chapecoense. Uh, he's going to go to the B team center back. There's a lot of hype around him. We'll see. Um, uh, Ferru went out on loan to Hajduk Split in Croatia. Um, Kadis was uh, sent to Famalicão on a permanent deal. Finally. Yeah. He was at Nashville, right? Nashville in the MLS, I think it was. Yeah, I think he was somewhere in the MLS. Uh, Pedro Ganches was a center back. He was on the B team. Um, he moved to Pas Ferreira on a permanent deal. Um, Ronaldo Camara, who actually I like, uh, midfielder from the B team. He went on a permanent deal to, uh, I believe it's the Italian division, Monza is the name of the team, uh, for... Uh, Benfica, I believe, gets fifty keeps fifty percent of his his next purchase. So, hopefully, things pan out for him. I had a question here for you guys. Um, there was a rumor this morning that West Ham offered, and they mentioned it on Sky Sports as well. West Ham offered forty five million pounds plus five uh, for Darwin Nunez. Um, Not enough. Don't forget, Almeria has twenty percent of his rights still uh, on next sale. Um, Rumor is that Benfica said they weren't willing to listen to anything less than eighty million. Uh, if this rumor is correct, um, Bill, would you have taken the deal? Nope. 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 Simple. Up, I mean, no. he's 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 been he's probably he's been our best goal scorer. I'm not going to say forward because our striker because I don't think he's a net enough striker. I think he. I think we've. All agreed, he's probably better coming off that left side, the left wing, if you will. Um, but he's been our best goal scorer this season. Um, we've we invested a hefty chunk, and even Amadia still owns twenty percent. So I mean, a fifty. So they get twenty percent of his next sale, right? So like, yeah, but I mean, selling him for fifty, yep. you're not getting that fifty. Twenty percent is still going. I mean, I, I don't think it's a good. Um, Sale. I wouldn't. I'd hold on to him for one more, one more, at least one more year. If he blows up next year, then you sell him at the end of the season for 80, 90, 100. I mean, strikers, we, we see it. Strikers have one good year. They're going for big bucks. Ron Felix had six months. Yeah. Good six months and 125 mil. Yeah. Like, that's all you need. You need a good season, not even a full season, half a season, it looks like. And you're going to get that, that 100 or 90 or 80, whatever. I would hold on to him for at least for one more season. Would you, Kenny? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. That's that's like a good number where it's like it makes you think. Um, <laughs> I mean, the other the other end of that conversation is he's an injury away from not being worth anything. But right? so is everyone else, right? right. But <laughs> he's, you're not gonna, he's not. You're not he, going to sell everyone just because you're <laughs> concerned. He's not, the, with... he's, not, he's not the most healthiest player though. He's he's gotten a few knocks. Yes, he's been operated, I think, on the same knee like three times. So, I I mean, 50 is like an intriguing number to make you think. I mean, I don't think you're going to get 80. I mean, so if you're if you're splitting you don't think so? right I now, don't, no, I don't think so. I mean, but if, the he summer, if, next, he continues. if he comes into next season and bags what 25 goals, he's already in got season, 20. Yeah, I mean, I if, you have, don't, if I mean, you have another season where he has 25, 30 goals, you don't think fucking some team's going to come in and pay. Look, we saw over 50. I think it easily happens. I don't know what his what what's his like uh how many more years does he have with us? Three more, I believe. Let me see. I yeah. Oh, he here. still has three. Yeah, more. I think he signed a five-year deal. I mean, we had this argument uh or we uh, on on or 
I saw this this discussion on uh, our big group chat about how players are more and more players are riding out their contracts and not signing extensions. I mean, look, I just 2025, 2025. All right. So it's a couple more years, but yeah, I, don't, I don't think we're in we're in we're not in the spot to worry about him running. Yeah, out his contract I, I don't yet. think we're in that spot, but I also don't I don't see players. I mean, other teams dishing out a ton of money on on these these type of transfers anymore. Like where, what's like the biggest, like 80 mil, 80 million for a hybrid winger f- slash forward. That's on a Man- team. Man city just spent a hundred million dollars on a guy that sits. Yeah. On the but bench. You're, he's not going to be going to a man. I don't think he's going to be going to a top, like top five club in EPL. I think, if I think if he's bagging goals, hundred percent. Dave he, says here in the comments should have taken the money and ran. If you watch him, do you truthfully believe he's worth more than the? I'm, I, the 50? I, yeah, I'm on that. I'm on that thing. Look, I'm not saying like I think 50 is a good number. I mean, if you're looking for 80, you might maybe you could have negotiated a an additional clause on his next sale or something, or maybe you could have gotten it up to 60. But I don't. I don't think you're getting 80 million out of him, even if he has like a Luis Diaz type of year next year. I still don't think. I mean, he's he's already having that type of year this year. I mean, how much, how much better do you think Darwin's going to be? I don't, I don't see him being like a Di Maria, like a, a Jean Felix. Like, I don't, I don't see that. So goal, he's, I mean, goals talk dude. like when you start bagging goals left and right, he's 22 that's years all, old. He's, he's young, dude. All teams, all he teams just, care about is, is we'll see, look, we'll, look, we'll at, see look at Holland. Look, look at Holland. Holland he's also just, he's bagging goals left and right. He's got the fucking world at his feet. He's also got a. Yeah, I mean, we can compare Holland to Darwin. I'm not. But, I'm just saying, like you. Bad no, no, goals, I, I know like, what you're saying. You're gonna. You're gonna. Teams are gonna pay for that. Like, but he's also being. Um, Dave says he was purchased for too much. I don't disagree with that either. Um, but he's also now becoming a regular in uh, the Uruguayan national team, right? So, like, if he continues this form, if he becomes a regular, right? If he does become the successor of uh, Luis Suarez um, on the national team, right? He's going to have exposure next summer at the World Cup if if everything goes well um, for him. And who knows? I I personally think that Benfica could get if he stays fit and continues on form, that Benfica can get at least seventy million for him. He's he's still very young. Yes, there are some things that he needs to improve on, um, but I think that comes with age. Uh, I think that comes with experience, comes with maturity. And I think with the right manager, I think that he could improve significantly because there aren't many strikers or players in his position that have the speed and the strength that he has, right? It just sometimes he looks like he has two left feet, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, But he looks like a little bit more confident than he was last year. Uh, which is a positive, but I'm of the opinion that we could get at least 70 million. So in this situation, I would have rejected the transfer as well. So Bill says no. Kenny seems more inclined to say he would have taken it. I I probably I probably would have taken it. Yeah. Okay. We're all complaining that Rui Costa has settled this as like given up on the season. If he had sold oh, man. Darwin right now. <laughs> We would be crucifying Ricosta for giving up on the season. That's I would. True. I wouldn't have. Because then you're left with Gonzalo Ramos, Yadamchuk. Exactly. And Gonzalo I, dude, fucking Ramos. We, all know, we your... all know how the season's going to end, regardless. I mean, okay, but, but you, you can get, like, 
going yeah, but, go, finishing the season, you have Gonzalo Ramos right now as your second striker because 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 Seth's hurt. Guys, I just want? feel like I feel like not what market, I want. <laughs> I I just feel like the market is much different now. I I just don't see play, teams coming up. Also, why is why is why is Benfica the only the only club that gets these these high transfer ticket deals? I mean, they're not why the is only. It? I mean, we're not we're we're like third place. Like we're fighting for third place with a, with a type of player. Like I think clubs are not going to come over to us and just offer us. The, the release clause on these on on a person like Darwin even if he is he, he could he could have 20 plus goals and 10 plus assists and be a stud in in our league I think Benfica struggling through the season right now um depreciates his value I don't disagree with that I think his value also gets depreciated because it's January most teams aren't going to pay correct most teams don't what they would pay in the summer correct. for a player now correct they normally the January transfer the window is to kind of fill any gaps yeah. or injuries that may have come up. But again, I think that, he is. I mean, why, why didn't he go for a ton more? You know why that didn't happen, right? They're desperate well, yeah, for I the get, money. I get that they needed the, they needed the money, but like, and they didn't make that much money off it. At the end of the day, Porto made $8 million off of 8 million total, euros. What was the total? It was price? 45 plus 15, but they, they gave 20% to his youth team, um, agent fees. They owed Liverpool 14 million for Gruich. Right, so it was basically paying that debt. At the end of the day, they made eight million plus the fifteen bonus for so, the so best player in the league. 15. Yeah, potential but that that also bonus. affects that also affects the Portuguese market. Okay, like another team is going to be like, look, your best player in the league just went for forty five, and you want almost double that. Like that's just not going to happen. Regard, like regardless, I don't of mean, we, it was an odd Felix, situation. Right? I mean, I agree, uh, but it, it does Fab, affect you. I think Fabio Silva you. went to Fabio Silva went to Wolves for forty million. Fabio yeah. Silva never fucking played. In the league. <laughs> like, Look, I, listen, I, I don't disagree thing, with anything you're saying. The only thing I, I and I and I get what you're saying too. I think the only thing that will really bump, like, put him above anyone else, or like really put put his transfer value up is. If he well, I, I'm I'm assuming that he's going to get called up for the World Cup. How he doesn't in the World Cup next year? If he has like a really good showing, that's where like I think his his value will I really agree. skyrocket. I think that I more than whatever he does at Benfica, I think the World Cup's going to dictate that. I I also agree with that. I mean, yeah, a World Cup. But, does I mean, that. we're not going to get the release clause. I think his release clause is like 150 million. No. We're not going to get the release clause. Uh, but, but I think we I think can we can at least get, get more 60, than, 70. Than 50. I think we yeah. can, given his age. Um, last topic here quickly is John Texter. Benfica reported today to the Sam VM that they have, um, I guess, moved on from the conversation with John Texter. They don't feel like it's there's any value to the club at the moment. Um, so they've made that decision. Um, you know who's knocking on his door right now? Who? Fucking up north. Oh. I mean, they already, already had like before. 20 fucking voicemails from <laughs> Kenny. Costa. Do you, what do you think about uh, that decision? So they closing the door completely or just saying not at this time at this. I would imagine that it's not entirely right. I'm sure if they revisit it in a year from now, maybe they'll listen, but they, they feel like at this moment there's, there's other priorities and there's other things they want to focus on. And it's well, not, I, see that, I, see that I, I had seen tech. Uh, he said text or whatever his name is had said that if Benfica wasn't interested, he has other, other That's what teams I'm in Portugal. He already said it, that he has other teams in Portugal. He had said interested. that before. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, even, 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 
even outside of Portugal. I mean, these type of investors, they'll they'll be able to I mean, to he just invested someone. in he invested in Crystal Palace, he just invested in Botafogo. So Yeah, I think it's a missed opportunity. I think, you know, I I would have liked to see it and and seen what the um what could have came out of it. I think sooner or later it's going to happen in the Portuguese league. I think someone will eventually accept some type of investor relationship. Um and and I would have been open to it, you know. I don't know if he's not, you know. I don't really know him that, you know, whatever he does or whatever. So I don't know if he's not the right partner or what what the case may be. But you know, to say that he, you know, wouldn't have provided value. I mean, we have other important projects. What other important projects? Like besides besides the, you know, like based on what he was saying, like a Cidade do Benfica, like that just seems like a long term plan, pipe dream type of. Thing that's i don't think that that important for the club um i don't know i think it's a little disappointing to hear that uh they weren't accepting of it bill what are your thoughts and i think it was interesting that when texter's interest appeared fans were like no 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 when he get the sauces blah 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 and, and, and now everyone's like Agora tem outras coisas mais importantes, não querem falar com ele. So it's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? When the option was there, people were saying that, no, we shouldn't sell. Now that they've taken the option off the table, at least for now, people are like, well, what the hell? Why are we not doing that? Uh, Bill, thoughts? Agree with it? Disagree? No, I, I agree. I, I think I think as long as the socios maintain the majority at the club, I think, Rico said he won't ever give up right. the majority. And and I don't and I don't I don't see the harm in bringing on an investor that can help grow the brand and what limited knowledge I have of Texter and and is essentially like he grew Fubu TV to be what everyone fucking knows it is right now and I think something like that and having those type of connections with just even if it's just the television rights is huge. And I think I saw something, I think he tweeted it out saying like he was trying to watch the final at Tasa de Liga yeah. and he couldn't find it on any Portuguese on like on any channel. Well, he said on Benfica TV, but Benfica TV didn't yeah. have the rights for the game. So, but like, I think having a guy like that and you can kind of expand your brand and get these TV rights, not just, in the U.S., but globally, that help then helps you grow as a, as a as a brand. I think would be would be huge, and I, I mean, and I think a lot of I think the sticking point with a lot of Benficas is probably not losing the majority of of ownership. And like you said, Ricasa said that would never be part of the negotiations. And I think Texter said the same. I think he said it would be a, like a minority. He just wants a seat at the table. So, yeah. Again, but we don't know what was said in the background, right? Those are just what's coming out in the news. We don't know what's being said in the background. Dave says an investor would have taken the Darwin deal. <laughs> may have. Or with an investor, you don't have to worry about the cash from no. the Darwin deal. What, what's the your other. What's your point? Think it's a missed opportunity? Um, I think it is, and it isn't. I think having an investor is a good idea. I'm in favor of it. All right, someone to help the brand grow, someone to help market the team, new ideas, um, a little bit of cash injection capital um but i also think that jumping at the first opportunity isn't always the best uh option either right i think hearing others out what are your plans right now they have an understanding of what textures is if if others come to the table um you know there's there's been a plan 
or an idea of wanting to do something similar to what Bayern Munich has done, which is have three uh, investments, uh, outside investments that are split, right? And between those three, they help you build the the, the club and, and the investment and the, the, the name of the brand. Um, your cousin Victor says maybe Jesus. Jerry Jones will invest. No, we'll never <laughs> win another fucking title again. <laughs> um, but again, it's an opportunity that's there. It's an opportunity that I don't think is going to go away, but I think it's an opportunity that needs to be thought out properly. And I think there's a lot going on around the club right now with all the stuff off the field, with all, you know, the media bullshit, you know, every day it's a different, you know, scooter. Someone said this, that, the other thing. I think there's a lot of other things going on around the club right now that I would prefer the club focus on those things, figure out the issues, clean out the dead wood from the, structure to the players get all that foundation back to the way it needs to be and when the club's in a healthy situation if there's really investors really interested if they're invest if they're interested today the way Benfica's at they're sure as hell not going to turn it away when Benfica's doing well is my view on it right it's maybe going to come at a higher premium um but I don't see many investors if Benfica's doing well saying no if they're interested today um, Juninho says, yeah, but it's the right investor. I feel like it should be someone who knows the league, the culture, et cetera. Again, I think hearing out what are your options and making sure that it's the right decision and not just making a decision to make a decision, I think is the important piece, right? We've seen, um, Anzi, Makmala, whatever the hell they were called in Russia, right? Like investors pumped all sorts of money into it. Eto went over there, right? And has anyone heard of them since? No. Right, so it, it could easily go haywire really fast. So I would prefer them do the right decision and and think it out properly um, before they just say, "Hey, someone wants to put money into us. Let's go with them." Right? They sound like a good idea. So time will tell. Yeah. Um, close out. I want to get your predictions for Benfica. You'll be sent on Wednesday back home in the league. Um, it's a it's an absolute crapshoot at this point. I don't know what to expect. Who's going to show up? How they're going to play? Uh, Kenny, what is your prediction here? Uh, Vicente, huh? Um, they're playing well. I believe we lost to them last year at home, if I'm not mistaken, two to one. They are playing really well. Uh, let me see here. So Vicente right now is currently fifth. Um, eight wins, six draws, five losses. Um, they don't score very much, but again, uh, they're, they're having a pretty good season. All right. I'm going to go, I think it's going to be a tight one. I'm going to go two one Benfica. All right. Let me see this two to one for Benfica. Bill, what is your prediction? And just to recap here, they, we lost to them two to one last year. Um, they were up to zero and then we ended up pulling one back with an own goal. Um, in their last 10, Gil Vicente has lost two, one against Sporting and one against Lessa for the Tassa de Portugal. Um, they've won five of their last 10, drawn three, and lost two. So um, they're, they're a well. team that, that's doing well. Bill, prediction. We tie 1-1. <laughs> uh, let me see. I can't keep predicting. I can't just keep it's going. Tough. Wins it's tough. It, it's tough. We haven't seen anything fucking new. Like it's just gonna be the same shit. And um, has been playing well, like you guys have said. Like I just don't see anything changing. Tomo says he doesn't trust Rikost anymore. 
Joaninha says, I know I'm not in your league, but three to one for Benfica. Right, I'll jot that down. See if you get it right. Um, I hope you're right. Uh, my prediction for this game is going to be with Kenny, two to one. I think it's going to be another tight one. Um, and I don't have very high hopes for this game, unfortunately. Um, and, to wrap and up, knowing Oscar. Yeah, Kenny's. No, I, yeah, I, I have to follow the hot hand. I think I've climbed yeah. like you have, like at least like 50 twelve spots. spots. Yeah, yeah, at least I got. Knowing Oscar, it. he's probably gonna predict like a a two one loss. loss. Yeah. Um, what do you get? You get a high five, and you get to come on the podcast next week. Show your face. <laughs> give us your thoughts. Don't be scared. Um, Thelma says he believes we're going to win because we're not going to lose every game. I guess it's a good way. To, <laughs> it's a good way to look at it. Eventually, Eventually you got to win one. Right? <laughs> yep. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Um, don't forget tomorrow at four o'clock, uh, Boston time, nine o'clock Lisbon time. We will have, uh, Carlos Manuel on the podcast to tell us a little bit about his career at Benfica, um, his formation, some interesting stories and I'll get his thoughts on Benfica's current moment and, and what he sees and, and what he thinks we're missing. Um, don't forget to follow us on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, and we just finally made our way to TikTok. Still getting used to figuring it out. It's, it's for the young kids. I'm not so young anymore. Don't ask but... me to dance on TikTok. <laughs> That's one thing I will not do. If you want we'll to see Kenny, Kenny, if you want to see Kenny dance on TikTok, leave a that. comment. No, can we get this? Can we get the like? This? If we get hundred, hundred likes on this pod, yeah, Kenny will be a, dancing. If we can get a hundred likes on this podcast. Kenny's gonna dance. We're at twelve right now. Let's go. Let's get, get that like button. Um, yeah. So don't forget to follow us on social media. Um, it doesn't cost you anything. It takes a couple seconds, and um, you know, it makes us feel good about ourselves. And Joanina says, if I get the score right, Kenny has to dance. Are you taking that wager? No. She- no. <laughs> Oh, Victor says, oh, I, have, oh, oh, oh. I have family videos of Let's Kenny dancing. Victor, we need those in VHS format as soon as possible, please. <laughs> um, as always, gentlemen, a pleasure having you on. Uh, very interesting and, and uh, informative conversation. Some good debate. Uh, we will be back again tomorrow. Like I said, with Carlos Manuel, Portuguese podcast will be back on Wednesday uh, with the other guys um, to share their thoughts in Portuguese. And then we will be back next week uh, with these guys and maybe a few more, uh, depending on who's available. Gentlemen, have and a good a evening. Victory. Yeah, hopefully. Well, at that time, it will be two games. Hopefully Benfica two, plays yeah, next hopefully. Monday. Um, so hopefully two wins. Uh, Talmu quickly says Benfica always concedes goals. Even in the predictions, there's no way not Benfica without conceding a goal. That seems to be the okay. case. And Victor says Kenny's got moves. I can't wait to see this. <laughs> um, gentlemen, have a good evening. Viva Benfica, and we will chat soon. Later, boys. Later.